We are back. It is in the loft, and it's been a minute. <laughs> we've been traveling. We've been on the road, and we have uh, not exactly made our little studio mobile yet. I don't know. Maybe we'll do that. But we've been gone, so we have not been in the loft. But actually, if we took the podcast equipment on the road and recorded it at a hotel, wouldn't it have to be called In, in the, the hotel, hotel? With Jonathan and Kelly. It, it wouldn't be in the loft. It's true. So we are honest, <laughs> unlike a lot of the media you see on television. Uh-oh. We are true, and we are actually in the loft. Yes, we are. And it is a beautiful night. So nice. I think it's one of the first uh, shows we've done at night. Really? Yeah, I think I don't it think is. we've done any at night, which really doesn't matter to our listeners at all because... No, because you could be listening to this at 6 a.m. That's right. Which That's is right. my favorite time of day. That's right. So we just want to maybe, um, I don't know, maybe bring you some... Uh, little bit of information about, oh, our house, our home, our relationship, things that maybe you wouldn't see or know about us unless you listen to In the Loft. <laughs> Inside information. Inside information. So if you don't listen to the podcast, you wouldn't un- you wouldn't get this information. This is the Inside Edition of so, In the Loft. Y- if you're out there, I just want you to raise your hand if you want to know the conversation that we just had before <laughs> we came on. And I can tell there's people everywhere raising everywhere. their hands. I see hands going up all over. So here's the deal. We walked in from going to town and ran a few errands. Uh, we went to Lowe's. and It was a Lowe's date. <clears throat> yeah, it was a Lowe's date. And so we walk in the door and it feels really cold in the house. Even <laughs> though the temperature is not cold. It was like 72 or 73 degrees. Let's call it 73 degrees think on the thermostat okay we'll go with that yeah it and wasn't cold it, on the thermostat it but it felt cold didn't it yes it did you felt cold i, I felt did. cold our son was bundled up on the couch he felt cold and i said it's so cold in here and we looked and it's 73 degrees so i tried to explain in the best terms i could how there is a warm 73 and a cool 73. And Tell them what you said, though. The you m- said. The more I explain it, the crazier <laughs> Kelly looks at me like I'm an idiot. This is what he said. He said, it's one of those things where when you turn the air conditioning on, on the temperature of 73, cold air comes out. And I was looking at him like, there's got to be more to this story because are you Captain Obvious right now? I mean, we know that cold air comes out when the <laughs> AC is on and the vents are blowing. This is what happens. So I was like, what? I don't understand what you're trying to This is me. what happens. What revelation is this? <laughs> See, when I was in college, I'm, I'm big on communication. And one of my favorite classes was called Principles of Listening. I was listening. Well, this is what happens when you listen and then you tune out when you think you have... No, I I do that. I do do that. But I did not do that tonight. I was fully engaged because I could not figure out why you were informing me 
that when the AC is on, cold air comes out of the vents. We have to listen to the whole explanation. And so here's the whole explanation. Yes, but I didn't get this at first. No, you have to listen. And so <laughs> this was... is this is why I explained it over and over okay, and so over again. Come on, give it to us. So the explanation is it was warm today, like 74, 74 degrees outside. Mm -hmm. So we had the air conditioner on 72, 73 all day. So the house is filled with air blown in by the air conditioner. So even though it's 73 degrees, it's moist air put in by the air conditioner. Right. As opposed to had it been 69 degrees outside and we had the heater on all day on 73. Two, you said. Or 72, whatever temperature. Mm -hmm. It's basically the same temperature, but if the heater blew all day, it's going to feel hotter because it's a dry heat that you're heater produces as opposed to your air conditioning produces a moist air. So my point was, you know, wet air feels colder than dry air. So my point was 73 degrees with air conditioning all day is different than when it's a little cooler than that and you run the heater at 73 all day. Okay. Right? But they also say, this is an interesting point that we have not talked about, that in the desert, it's a dry heat, so it's not as hot. And here, it's a moist heat. It's it I, is humid, and so a hundred. I do not claim to be an expert. Hotter. I do not claim to be an expert on climate on the climate outside. Only inside. <laughs> Only inside. But the, let's just let's just put this out there. I am much more hot natured than you, and uh, at night, there is nothing more maddening than waking up hot in bed. That is. A sweaty or you wake up and you're hot. I it but makes me angry. Let's let's like immediately. Let's let's think about this from my point of view. You're always the cold. only thing I'm not always cold, but the only thing more frustrating for me is to wake up cold. I know. And the reason I wake up cold is because I can get under the covers except not my head. <laughs> And when you're, I have a bald head. I told you to start wearing a beanie. I can't sleep with a beanie. So when you have a bald head, cold air on a bald head feels just, cold. oh, it is, it's Freezing. borderline painful. It's so cold. It's so cold. Oh. And I cannot put my head under the covers. I mean, for heaven's sake, they already want to stick a mask on you everywhere you go. <laughs> You can put your mask on your head. Put a mask on during the day and <laughs> sleep with your head under the covers at night. Why don't we just quit breathing as a society? <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, anyway, anyway. So okay, this well, this is why there's two different people. You're you and I'm me. And so somehow let's talk about the other thing that I asked you to do on the way home when you were driving. Do you remember? While you were driving? Remember I said I'll give you five dollars. I am a drummer. Okay. When <laughs> some people may not know this, if you're wondering what is this podcast about, we actually have a few important things we're going to say in a minute, but right we now do. we're just having fun because we want you to take laugh. a break and laugh. Take a break Enjoy from the world. Life. Take a break from the world and laugh at us. Okay. Yes. We are, um, we're not that funny, but kind of we are. So <laughs> I'm driving, we're driving home from our Lowe's date. And by the way, if anyone ever told you to buy Wi-Fi light bulbs, 
Um, I'm not going to get an endorsement from them, but this one brand that we bought tonight is not working. So They're not working at all. Anyway, we're coming home from Lowe's. We had you know a few different things that we we had uh, picked up, and I'm just driving, listening to the radio, and Kelly goes, "I'll pay you five dollars to turn on the cruise control." Yes. Here's why, because I'm sitting there, my head's going back, and then going forward, and then back. And then forward. And I look over, and your hands are drumming. Your little fingers are drumming on the steering wheel. And so I know you're playing the bass drum on the gas pedal. So we're going up That's what and drummers down, do. And up and down. But I was having to ride in the passenger seat. So I said, if I give you $5, will you please turn on the cruise control so you, you can stop playing the You drums? didn't give me my $5. <laughs> I'll give it to you later. Well, <laughs> it it's just a habit. And... When you're a drummer, you just kind of make drums out of everything. You always have... Since we were dating, he's always played the drums on the dashboard, on the steering wheel, and the gas pedal. But I just kind of tap the gas pedal. It's not something that you really you notice. Oh, you notice. It's so annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. I can't help it. I mean, I can't stand it. And you don't notice because you're the one playing the drums, but I'm over there going back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> Just wanting. This is the most over. <laughs> just wanting to relax in my seat and ride. This is the most overstated story. No, it's not. The rest of our podcast will be about <laughs> exaggeration here in just a few minutes. Is an exaggeration really a lie? Let's do that. Because <laughs> I'm that, not lying or exaggerating. You're you're not my lying. My kids. If you're I had my children up here, they would all amen me right now. They would be in the amen corner. Well, on my side. Two of them would. I think one might stay on my side. Maybe just because he loves his dad. But well, anyway, uh, the beat was really cool that I had going. You messed it up. <laughs> well, so we got home. Play it for me on the drums. The we had a good time. We um, got back, and now we decided let's let's talk. Let's, let's catch get on the up podcast, on our podcast and talk and see if there's anything oh, interesting. You know what we have to say is about our. Our number one fan. Yes, we have a number <laughs> one fan. Such a cute, cute story. Tell the story because it was you were there and I wasn't. Okay, so we are in church. Let's see, what was it? A couple weeks ago. We are in church and on a Wednesday night. And after church was over, I was in the hallway, and the cutest little boy was walking out with his family, and we love his family dearly. And they drive uh, several miles. Well, several miles, several. a couple hours actually, yeah. hour and a half to hour and forty I think minutes. Hour something. And, yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. one way to come to church. Yes, that's not uncommon at our church. We have uh, well, it's not. We have uh, probably five or six families who drive from over an hour, yes. maybe more, every mm-hmm. single week. So they great. come every single even Wednesday night, which is just it's awesome. Just amazing. We love yeah. this family, and they know who they are, and we just want to. Send a shout out that we love you guys. Well, their youngest son is in the hallway with his parents. And I'm walking by and I said, hey, buddy, how are you doing tonight? And he was fixing to leave and I was going to say bye. And you had had him actually in a class and talked to him. Yes, and I kids. But I had never talked to him. He's so cute. And he is the cutest kid. And he said... If you're Jonathan, I want you to know that I listen to your broadcast. 
Is he four or five? I think he's four. Four, I think. Am I or is he older? I think he's four. I, I'm sorry, but I may get the age wrong. But his, his name, name is Case. Yes, and he is the cutest, he's so cute kid, and he is officially our biggest fan. Yes, I I thought it was so cute that he said, "If you're Jonathan." He, yeah, he said, "If you're Jonathan, I just want you to know I listened to your broadcast." I think he said he goes out on the porch, or his parents go out on the no. His mom said they go out on the porch and. Listen to the broadcast, the broadcast as yeah. he called it. <laughs> the broadcast. And uh, he sits there and listens and pays attention to everything. Yeah. And he knew the stories and he knows the things we talk about. And he is just awesome. And we just absolutely love that well, whole family. Yes. So we were uh, in iKids the week before I was teaching in there. And it was so cute because I was teaching on the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. And I was going through the story about the upper room and the... The hundred and twenty, um, the hundred and twenty in the upper room, and how the rushing mighty wind came in, and then fire sat on their heads. And I'm telling all the all the kids this, and I'm like, make a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and so they're making the sound. And and then I said, and then you know what happened next? And I hear this cute little voice in the background go. He said, they began to speak in different languages. And I turned around and it was Case. And he <laughs> said that just as just as confident as could be. And I said, yes, that's right, buddy. I was like, you want to come up here and teach this? Because <laughs> he was just he was right, right on it. He was listening. He was plugged in. He's so cute. He's going to be a little preaching machine. It. So Case, yeah. Case, we love you. And this one's for you. And so we just want you and your whole family to know you guys are awesome. Awesome. That is the Green family from yes. Choctaw, Oklahoma. Yep. So the Choctaw, the Green family, and all those in Choctaw that come, and especially Case, we love you guys, and we will see you guys soon. Keep listening. Like this week, Sunday. Yeah. All right. So. Right. Anyway, by the way, um, since you've made fun of me extensively. Yes. Um, I have to ask a question on the air because I need to know this so I can concentrate <laughs> oh gosh. the rest of this podcast. All right. What do you need to know? When are you going to do something about those roots? Listen, my hair appointment is next week. Okay. I'm just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, people may not know, but that's a pet peeve of mine, isn't it? Hair. Yeah. Hair. Bad well, hair is a problem. Yeah. Hair's a, pr hair's a problem when it's not good and roots are a real problem. <laughs> And a lot of men are probably listening going, what is roots and what are you even talking about? <laughs> and all a, the ladies already know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. I have a friend that her little boy, this was years ago, uh, drew a picture of her like with crayons. And he was like in kindergarten or first grade. And he, she had blonde, bleach blonde hair. And he made her hair yellow. And then right at the middle, he put it black. <laughs> so he drew her roots in. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> Kids don't lie, you know. No, they don't. No. They don't. So, okay. But I'll be getting this taken care of okay. next week. Next week. Yeah. It'll be fixed. Yeah, buddy. All right. I'm through making fun of you if you're through making Thanks. fun of me. I mean, for now. I mean, if you can't it is always fun. make fun of each other, then <laughs> you have to, I don't know, it's find some kind of way to Then it's fun. too serious in your house. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. What so, now? let's get into something else. Um, nothing heavy. But let's get into something maybe encouraging or encouraging, something that yes. will lift people up. Yes. We are definitely in an uncertain time. Uh, we're definitely in uncertain days. 
things are going on. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but we just had an election and we know nothing. Nope. And who knows when we will know something. Doesn't matter. Um, and so it creates this sense that if you don't have the Lord, it would be really, really scary. That is true. Now, I'm not referring to based on who wins or loses. If you follow me at all on any social media platform, you know where I stand. You know who I believe is more equipped to lead our nation. And uh, so that's not something that would be a secret or something I'm trying to keep from somebody. So doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, you don't have to know very me very long to know that I believe Donald Trump was put there by God. I believe he put the right people on the Supreme Court. Um, in a very short time, he put one-third of the justices on the Supreme Court. That's three out of nine. And um, it has nothing to do with Republican, Democrat. It has to do with policies lining up with the word. So that's what I believe. I don't know what's going to happen, or maybe when you're listening to this, I don't know what has happened. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am saying this, whether it's the uncertainty of the election, the uncertainty of the weather patterns, in case anyone hasn't noticed. Crazy. There's a new hurricane every week. There's so many hurricanes now that it's almost like it's don't even grab the headlines. I know. You remember last week we were like there was freezing rain, yes, on the coming through west Oklahoma, side of Oklahoma, and to Texas, North Texas, and Oklahoma. On the on the east of us, there was a hurricane coming through at the same time, same day, parallel, parallel to Crazy. each other on the map. So that's uncertain. the The political uh, landscape of our nation is totally uncertain. Here we are. Oh, well. Not knowing, we just had an election a couple of days ago. We don't know who our president's going to be. We have no idea when we will even have a decision. Right. That's uncertain. This virus that just continues to rage, it's time for this to end. That's uncertain. Yeah. Is there uh, therapeutics? Is there a vaccine? Is there a remedy? Is there herd immunity? That's all uncertain. Um, it Really, if you look in the natural realm... There's more thing. There's more question marks than exclamation points. That's true. So it's very easy to get caught up in that realm of uncertainty and find yourself stressed, in fear, fear, anxiety, without peace, no peace, and that leads to you know so many other things: marital problems, sickness in your body. Yeah. Um, People's performance at work is extremely low. As a, as you know, I'm a business major, so I think about these things and I see these things. But productivity is at like an all time low in some industries because people don't do their best work when they're not sharp mentally or physically. Right. Um, a lot of industries have not reopened. You know, obviously, our state has f- churches fully opened, and our church is fully open. Thank God for that. But there are several states that churches aren't open, but I'm not even referring to churches. Right. If you live in Las Vegas, where tourism is the main thing, the unemployment rate is almost 30%, 28%. So one out of wow. every three people in Las Vegas don't even have a job. You talk about uncertainty on a level like we've never known. Yeah. So 
when you're surrounded by all this uncertainty, what is a believer supposed to do? Well, and that's what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. You know, you said that there are so many question marks, but the one that is that has a period is Jesus Christ and the Word of God. He is the answer to every single question. The Word of God is the answer to every single question. I've always told my kids, every question you'll ever have in life is answered in the Word of God. Every single one. Yep. And that, you know, I sing a song at church. I'm actually going to sing it this Sunday morning, I believe. On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, that old hymn. I love that song because it's the truth. Right. When all other ground is sinking sand, when all the other ground is shifting around you, everything is being shaken, that is when we have to dig in deep and say, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, because he is that firm foundation that keeps us, us from shaking, that keeps us from being shaky. You know what I'm saying? If you mm -hmm. have a firm foundation, that thing's not wobbling. No. The word of God is not wobbling. It is not changing. It is not shifting. The word of God says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is not contingent upon what's going on in the world. That means no matter what is going on around us, no matter what we see with our eyes, it he is the solid rock. Right. Period. Period. Right? Ex exclamation point. Exclamation point. point. Yes. It's, it's a, uh, not a... Uh, concept a theory an abstract idea he is more concrete and more real yes and more certain yes absolutely god is more certain than good. the world is uncertain that's so good so that's as so good. as uh, as unsettled as this right. world is god is just that much settled and more heaven is not in yeah. this state of pandemic Election uncertainty, no. social unrest, right. economic uncertainty. That's None right. of that's going on in heaven. That's and right. so whenever we think about it from this standpoint, are we supposed to just be miserable until one day we all die and go to heaven? Well, there's no. so much wrong with that statement so I just wrong. said. Because, right. number one, we're not all going to just go to heaven. I know I just rocked some yep. worlds. Some of you were driving along <laughs> thinking, uh-oh. No, if you believe in heaven, then... You better believe in hell. That's right. And hell's not just for like Charles Manson and the worst no. murderers. Hell's for anyone with sin in your heart. Yeah. Period. That's right. Uh oh. I thought we weren't doing Pause anything right heavy. There. So there's that. So that's just a little extra. But the first part of the statement I said was are we supposed to just be miserable no. while we're here? No, the word of God is very clear that we're supposed to basically live out heaven on earth. That's right. He's coming for a bride, which we are, the body of Christ is his bride, and he, and he's coming back for a bride that is attractive, that is full of joy, that is in, in, that in is whole. peak, that's whole, yeah. healed, set free, yes. healed in your mind, healed in your body, healed in your, in your spirit. And the church is going to look attractive to the, to the Father. And... So when he comes back, he's coming back for a church that's glorious. So we're not supposed to think that this peace and joy and rest is some abstract idea that's that's way out there. Right. It's supposed to be like this. Heaven comes to us. That's why we... That's right. On earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. We 
may not be in heaven yet. Right. But we are in the kingdom now. Yes. And when you're in the kingdom, then you're going to live and talk like you're a king's kid. That's right. Like you're in the kingdom. Because we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We are overcomers. And, and you know, the, the Bible says that the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has come that we, we might have life and it more abundantly. He doesn't want us to just be um, um, just barely making it. Or like you said, so miserable and just waiting for that day when we can all go to heaven so that we can be unmiserable. Right. Well, that's not, God has never called his people to retreat, to sit back. In Joshua, it says that he has called us to root up, to pull down strongholds, to make changes in our atmosphere, to make changes in our world, what we can affect. Well, we can affect a whole lot of things through prayer and we can affect a whole lot of things with our word and our words is what I meant to say. And we can affect a whole lot of things with our faith and our perseverance and trusting and knowing the power of God right. and trusting in him. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord your God with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight or he will direct your path. So we can't lean on our own understanding and that is what we see. Right. We understand things to be this way, but we need them to be a different way. But see, if you get your eyes on what is right in front of you, you'll lose sight of the power of God and the ability of God to work in impossible situations. And let me just say another thing. The Bible says that we are the light and we shine in the darkness. The darker it gets, the brighter we're going to shine. And there's such a hunger right now. Don't you agree? There's such a hunger in the people of God for more of him well, and more of his presence. Exactly. And here's the deal. We are moving into uncertain, more uncertain times, rougher waters than we have ever been in. Um, more darkness than we've ever been in. It's more in our face. So get this. You will either affect it or it will affect you. That's good. But... Darkness never comprehends light. That's what the scripture says. Yes. What it means is darkness. There's never been a time. I've been working on light bulbs the past few minutes. Yeah. We're talking about it from going from those, trying to get these light bulbs to work. And but one thing is that I know for sure. Maybe I can't get these wireless internet <laughs> lights to work as with the internet. But I do know this much: when any light comes on, there's never been darkness so dark that the light said no. Can't do it. Yeah. That the light That's comes good. on, but it doesn't, you can't even see it. No, the darker, the darker the night, then the smallest light can be seen even yes. brighter. You That's could take, so you know, we, where we live, we look across the lake and there's mountains or, well, it's, it's not real, they're hills. <laughs> People who live in real mountainous areas would laugh at what we call mountains, but you can turn all the lights out at night. And you can look across there in the darkest night and see the smallest light on someone's porch or the smallest. You could probably take a can on a real dark night. You could take a candle and it can be seen from miles away because the darker the night, the brighter the light. Right. And so we've got to be that. It's yeah. a dark night in many instances when you think about the world today. But 
we are that light and we're yes. called to affect the darkness and overtake the darkness. Yeah. And I don't know, sometimes we get so tied up in and plugged into the things, the, the information of this world and the data of this world that it affects our light. Yeah. And we can't shine we as bright. That, right. We sure. can't shine as bright because, you know, I don't like dim light. I t- turn the light on, and then when it's time to go to bed, turn the light off. But I don't like walking into a restaurant where the light is dim, where it's it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And if the church is going to be that right now and be somewhere in the middle, it's not appealing to anyone. No. It's not appealing to the world, and it's not appealing to the church either. That's why the Bible says you'd rather, he'd rather us be hot or cold. Right. We're not. Or what? Or he'll spew you out Say of his that. mouth. We are not ever designed for compromise. That's right. We're never designed to be in the middle. We're never designed to be in some gray area. We're never designed or built or created to try to conform, have, conform and have one hand on the world and one hand on the on right. the word nope. or 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 our relationship with God. Yeah. So the challenge is this: we're getting back to where we started. What do we do during uncertain times? Shine brighter than you've ever shined. That's right. Get closer than you've ever ever been to God. That's right. During the some of the greatest revivals have happened during the most uncertain times in yes. our country. That is true. During some of the most godless yep. leaders. Yeah. Leadership at, at the highest levels in our country were led by some of the most godless people at that at during the, some of those times I challenge you study revivals is when some of the greatest outpourings hit our nation. And maybe, I don't know, like you said, like I said, I don't know who's going to win this election. It's over, and we don't know. And when you're listening to this, it may have already been decided. But here's what I know. Whatever happens with all this uncertainty, we're ripe for revival. We are. I mean, that that doesn't change no matter what. That does not change because— there is such an awakening in America right now, and there are so many people that are so hungry. And like you you said earlier, you know, we've got people driving from a long distance just to come and be in church because they're so hungry for the fire of God and the presence of God. They don't want any cheap imitation anymore. They, right. they want the real thing because they know that that is what really brings change. Exactly that really right. brings change. You know, I don't know. There's just... There are subjects that I want to get into, but we'll, I'll save it for a different podcast. But, you know, was it the Welsh revival where they had such a revival in in that region that the horses, they couldn't tell the horses? what Was it Welsh revival? Yes. Okay. They had such a revival that the men that had, you know, horses that they would train, they cursed all of the time. They trained them they with certain trained curse them with words. Curse word, trained the horses with curse words. And after revival hit, they got saved and changed. And so they wouldn't curse anymore. And they were having trouble training their horses because their horses were looking for the curse words. That's awesome. Isn't that great? Yes. I mean, how God can just totally turn a society upside down. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, we we want the right leaders in the right places, but that but either way, it doesn't stop God. That's right. Either way, it is not a hopeless situation. Either way, 
God's will is revival. Either way, God's will is an outpouring of his spirit and for us to be hungry. And I just want to encourage people today. If you aren't hungrier than you ever have been before for God, for his presence, for his fire, then get hungry. Do what you have to do to get hungry. And you know what I do to get hungry? I think about my favorite times in the presence of the Lord. You know, like we've gone to so many revivals and conferences throughout our entire time to get like life together. Since we were dating, we would find the the most um, fiery revivals to go to. And we would we would go to those things on dates or or just make a weekend of it or fly across the country. If we heard that God was moving, we would hop a plane and and go to that. And we wanted to be in the middle of revival. And, you know, I just start thinking about those times, and that's when it just kind of stirs that hunger inside of me. That's right. You agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And those, those, the outpouring in those times are not dependent upon what's going on in the White House or what's going on anywhere in another country. You might be listening to us from another country, and you're like, what's all this election talk? What does it matter? Well, I mean, I, I bet you know, because everybody in the world yeah. knows about <laughs> Donald Trump and what's been going on here. But as much as I love our president, and I think Donald Trump's maybe been the most pro-God president based on policies. I'm talking right. about tweets right. or comments or whatever. Right. Based on policies, he may be the most pro-biblical president we've ever had. But as much as I love our president, Got the shirt, got the hat, keep wearing it, got the bobblehead <laughs> on the counter in the kitchen. But Donald Trump's being in the White House has no bearing on whether or not the church will experience an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Right. It's not, they are not one or the other. And so I hope and pray that he's still put put back in. And by the time you've heard this, you know whether he was or wasn't. But whether he was or wasn't doesn't have anything to do with what the church is going to look like. The kingdom of God is going to look like he wants us to look. It's his kingdom. The the media can paint and distort a lot of things, but they cannot paint and distort the church, the real church, to look like they want it to look. It's his kingdom. Yes. And we're we're in his kingdom, we're playing by his rules, and the word says it clearly. No weapon. No weapon formed. No us. weapon formed against us can prosper. prosper. Won't happen. That's, right. That's probably gonna be enough for today. We're gonna let everybody go. This may be our longest podcast, but it was fun. Had a little fun and uh got into several different things. We're gonna be back and it won't be so long. Um stay tuned. And we're going to be back with more in the loft. And I'm thinking maybe in the next day. Yeah. Maybe real fast. We'll see. See y'all. God bless you. Have a great week, everybody. Be blessed. We'll see you next time in the loft.